Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Movies Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying, except sometimes they do. I'm Nathan. I was going to say that. I'm Evan. I wasn't going to say I'm Nathan. I was going to say tech is already dead, so I don't know why we're recording. But anyway. Yeah. And... Oh, man. It's uh, it's 8.26 p.m., and we're about, what, 10 minutes out of uh, out of tech just, I mean, they didn't go, and they died against Marshall, and that's... That's the first half of the show. See you tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can talk about it a bit, mostly because early on it felt like we had a chance, right? I mean, up, up until that final play before halftime, it felt like, hey, we're a possession away from being back in this game. Yeah. Had we scored I, that touchdown and hit the extra point, we would have been down 14 to 10 at half. Yeah. And that would have, I mean, that would have completely changed things, obviously. But the first half, it was all on the offensive line. Right, the the fact that we couldn't get anything going, the defense played well. You know, they forced a fourth down stop. They didn't have good field position. Like the the offense in the punting game left a lot to be desired in that first half, and the defense held their own. Right, held them to fourteen points when I think they started with the ball in plus territory maybe three times without looking at, and we had two fourth down stops in that first half. So I mean, defense. Did well, but unfortunately, you know, yeah, like you said, I don't know. We don't need to go through like the the drive chart here, obviously. Although I do want to mention Marshall ran 19 plays and Tech ran one in the first quarter or or for most of the first quarter uh, because Luke Anthony's arm got hit and he threw a pick on our first drive. On our first play, Marshall had an 11 play drive that was stopped on fourth down and then a 10 play touchdown drive. So that's not how you want to start out. Yeah, the touchdown drive was after the fumble, right? Or interception, I guess, by yes. Luke Anthony. Yes. So I, I I can't really fault the defense there for, hey, you just got off the field one play later, yeah. get back out there, and now you have an even shorter field to defend. Ten, Yeah, 10-play, 10 38-yard touchdown drive. So, I mean, uh, and that was that was where they, they stuffed Brandon Knox three times in a row, although I'm pretty sure he actually got in on that first one. Yeah. Um, but they said he didn't, so... And then Grant Wells pulled it and, and scored. But yeah, through the first quarter, Tech had negative 15 yards of offense. And I guess it got better. Yeah, by the end of the first half, Tech had 93 yards of offense, yeah. including negative three rushing yards, which I, I want to get out ahead of that bit a little bit because one of the things that bugs me about college stats is that sacks count as rushing yards. A passing play goes in the rushing column, and I, I, I really hate that. Uh, by the end of the game, Tech Tech finished with positive rushing yards, right? <laughs> Barely. <think>. Barely. <laughs> yeah, seven. Seven. We were laughing at uh, ULM's stat, but that was back in the days where they didn't put sacks in uh, in the rushing column, I believe, anyway. But ULM's stat from 1988 where they had negative 14 yards on 44 carries. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess karma came back to get us on that one, but... Really, yeah. you... With Tech ran the ball for 53 yards if you take out the sacks. They had 46 yards of sacks in this game. So 53 yards on 24 attempts. Although I guess, how many sacks were there? Five? I think so. So those count as rushing attempts, I guess. Yeah, so, Luke so Anthony be... has eight rushing attempts for negative 31 yards. Jeez. But he had some dude. positive plays in there too. Yeah, yeah wow. It's wow. not great. I mean, okay, look. Let's, let's get out of our drive chart thing. It's just you and I here tonight. We yeah. can just commiserate. Luke Anthony, I mean, his final stat line isn't that bad, right? It's it's like, 
I mean, 18 for 25, that's pretty accurate, right? 180 yards, eh, I'd like more uh, there. One touchdown, one pick, I'd like more in one of those columns and less than the other. But my problem with him tonight was that the dude looks like a deer caught in the headlights whenever there's a blitz. And he and, and it's like Aaron Allen has looked in the past, right? And I don't know what it was, but I was just like begging him to throw the ball away maybe 17 times in this game. And he did he did run for an almost first down once in the third quarter, I think, that that one where he fumbled it out of bounds. But every time he tries to tuck the ball and run, it's just like, dude, you'd be better off throwing it away. It's also once he tucks, he'll never untuck. Yeah. But he sees the blitz coming. He realizes he's not going to the play won't develop like it's supposed to. So he tucks the ball and just becomes a running back and tries to find a hole. And it's not what he's best at. And the longer he does that, the more time there is for the defense to surround him. Several times he did that when Marshall was blitzing three extra rushers. And that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to check the ball and run. And it might work against bad teams, but Marshall's a really freaking good team. Like, they're really, really good. And I think that's what we saw tonight with them. I mean, they they dominated every aspect of this game, right? Like, that's, that's really the recap is that, I mean, Marshall just... Their offensive line is phenomenal. Their quarterback is young, but he's good. He made some mistakes, but he can also zing the ball, right? He's 19 for 24, 227 yards, two TDs and a pick. And he made some throws that were that were great, right? So I actually thought in the first half, we did a pretty good job against Brendan Knox in the run game. Um, but, you know, as we'll get to in the second half, the defense just, they couldn't get themselves off the field and the offense couldn't stay on the field. And that is going to kill you against a team that has a player like Brendan Knox. Well, even in the first half, Marshall was seven for nine on third down. Tech was one for five. I, I don't think anything really changed in the second half when it came to that. It's that Tech stopped getting so lucky. And part what of the did you reason say five for seven, seven for nine, seven for nine. Okay, in the first half. So they actually went six for six for. Oh God, can I do math? <laughs> six for seven in the second half. Wow. And Tech went over five. One for wow. five in the first half. Yeah, so over five in the second half. Yeah, anyway, enough bumbling through stats. Yeah, the main thing I want to talk about with third downs to, I guess, actually keep it on stats for a little bit longer. <laughs> Here are the third downs that Marshall faced throughout the game. I didn't include the last two drives because this is how I was keeping my head occupied instead of watching that, I'm air quoting this, but game. Here are Marshall's third downs in order. They have a five-yard, five-yard, one, 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 seven, one, five, six, eight, two. And then two of them that they didn't make were a four and a two. So so low numbers there, right? The longest one was eight of all the third downs they faced. Yeah. Here are Tech's mm. third downs that they faced. Again, excluding maybe the last drive or two. Oh, great. 12, 16, one, A, 22, one, A, again, 10, five, eight, two. Which one of those did we get? Because we only com- we only converted one third down in this game. I didn't keep track of that one, actually. I will have to go back and look, but it was, it was bad. It was, it was in the first or the second quarter on the field goal drive. Justin Henderson gained one yard on third and one. That was the only third down conversion we had. And and so like, I think it's fair to (laughs) to harp on the defense because the defense didn't. No, the defense was not the worst unit in this game. That's for sure. They were the second worst because our special teams forced a turnover and didn't give up anything dumb. So the special teams gets the gets the nod as the best unit on the field tonight for me. But yeah, we oh, were one hundred percent on field goals. They were undefined because you can't divide by zero. 
Yeah. The But I, I just mean we didn't give up a kickoff or a punt return that I remember, right? Like I don't nothing sticks out in my memory as like, oh man, that was a good play by or a bad play, and we forced a turnover. Shout out Jordan Dickey. I believe he's a, a true freshman, maybe. Uh forcing the fumble and holding on to it at the bottom of the pile. Unfortunately, our offense didn't do anything with that or with the interception that the defense gave them. So, I mean, I don't know. I said at one point, and I guess we can go through the second half too, but Luke Anthony had okay an okay stat line, and when he had time to throw, he was good. The problem is any coach watching any film on him is going to just say, look, if we bring three and we can get at least a little bit of pressure, he'll give up on the play. He's not, he's going to tuck it. Like you said, Nathan, and he won't untuck it after he does that. So I don't, I'm almost like give Anthony the start and see what happens next week against UTSA. But maybe, maybe I'm just in the heat of the moment here. Yeah. I mean, my thing is previously, like if we exclude this game, Anthony had been the better one under pressure. Yeah. I think in the past we had seen what Aaron Allen does and it's not saying that he's been awful in these situations, but Luke, he's normally the deer in the headlights quarterback. Yeah. Right. And so at some point you may say, well, if they're both going to do it, might as well try the new one because you know what, you know what you have with the old one. But yeah, the, the few issues that Luke had, I believe are coachable and able to be fixed. There aren't talent issues. Really. I think the biggest thing for me was not having smoke Harris out on the field. Yeah, that sucked. I did not know that going in. Also, if it's coachable, why hasn't it been fixed in the last three weeks? But that's, I mean. Well, I think it's a different issue. I mean, it's it's resulting in the same thing, but he looked different in this game than he did in the past game. They just both resulted in negative plays. Maybe I'm just expecting too much from the coaching staff, but I really thought we were going to scheme around not being able to block up front, right? Because we're still missing a starting tackle this week. Donovan Campbell came back, and I don't know. I'm not the biggest, like, offensive line knowledgeable guy, right? But, like, he definitely got just blown past several times in the first half. And now the offensive line played better in the second half, right? I, I don't – I think they had one sack maybe in the second half. I think it's also you're, – you're playing two different games here. By the end, you're you're more about protecting a lead and – yeah. And trying to make sure that's they, fair. They don't and, get and back I, in the game quickly. To go through the to go through the first <clears throat> the second half, we're down fourteen three. Obviously, I thought I thought Henderson probably got in the end zone on that play at the end of the first half. The ref on the sideline that he ran towards said he didn't immediately, and that guy had a better view than anybody else because the camera angle was complete crap, uh, and you couldn't see through the bodies. But the the only camera angle they had apparently was a sideline angle from the ground, which obviously you're not going to be able to see through the maze of bodies when you're on the ground. So I don't understand if it was a CBS sports network thing or just a a tech, like a Joe IA stadium camera pad thing. I I don't know, but I would have loved to have a better angle on that play because I'm not saying we would have won if we score that touchdown, but it's a very different ball game at halftime. If you're down 14, 10 than 14, three, but what would you think of that play? Yeah, I mean, the result, the end result, I agree. Maybe he's in, maybe he's not. I, it, you you yeah. can't tell based on the camera angles. If, if, but, if that ref had called him in, there's no way you're overturning it. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. We're first and goal at the four, 33 seconds left. No, that's not true. The two plays earlier, we had 33 seconds left, but still time on the clock. Give the ball to Justin Henderson, gets to the one-yard line. Okay, great. We have time to get another play here. Give it to Justin Henderson. He tries to get over the top. Henderson is not an over-the-top kind of guy 
Yeah. I understand trying to get it off really quickly, but I trust him going low more than high. Yeah. From the one yard line, if you're trying to do something like that. But okay, you you, you make that, two play calls before then to kind of like get an idea of what you want to do. So I believe we called timeout with nine seconds left. And then we ran the play you just talked about where Henderson tried to jump and we had one timeout left. Ah, man. We, I, so we had I, called our second timeout before uh, two plays earlier. We yeah. got down to the 16 yard line. Um, so we did call a timeout after this one because there are six seconds left. And then Marshall called two timeouts because they had to one up us like they did in the final score. <laughs> and then that, that's, I mean, to me, this is the thing. Tech goes out there with the formation after their timeout. They show a play. Marshall calls timeout. Okay, that makes sense. They they see what Tech is. They want to see the lineup and everything. Then Tech comes out in the same formation. Marshall doesn't like it this time. Again, calls timeout. Tech goes out there and that's Again, in the same formation, this time it looks like Marshall knows exactly what they're doing. I'm not sure if there was a tell or something happened, but between that first and second timeout for Marshall, they weren't stacking the box to prevent the run as hard as they were when Tech actually snapped the ball after the second Marshall timeout. And so my problem with this whole play, I don't really mind the fact you're going to run the ball there. I think it's 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 a risky play if you can catch Marshall off guard with it, thinking that, oh, they're going to pass because they want to be able to kick the field goal worst case. So I don't mind the, the risk reward of it. But when that happens, either Luke or Skip or someone has to see, hey, look, they're expecting this exact thing. Don't right. snap the ball. Because worst case, you get a delay a game and you kick the field goal. Or you, right. or you have some sort of audible or pass or Luke just throws the ball in the back of the end zone really quickly to get the special teams unit out there if you don't want to take the just penalty. Just audible out of the out of the run if you know it's not going to work. And you don't even have to tell anybody else that you're doing that. Just throw the ball away. Yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying. That's the second thing. Yeah, I guess you don't want to get a you don't want to get a bad penalty, but you could you could just spike it, right? I mean, yeah, uh, it's third down too, so it's not like turnover yeah. on downs or anything. I mean, is an option there. You said you don't hate the call to run. I hate it, but mainly, I, I mean, I obviously hate not scoring points, but I don't hate lining up and saying my guys can beat your guys on this one play to gain one yard. I don't mind that, but from the shotgun, yeah, uh, that's. That's fair. We've got the big bone in our freaking arsenal, and we've got pass plays we can run out of that that they'd have to be prepared for. I'm not even saying run it on the last play there with six seconds. I'm saying with nine seconds, run a play out of the big bone, then call timeout, then try your pass, or try a pass on on the second down play with nine seconds. And if it's incomplete, it's incomplete. Or if you get sacked, you still have time, hopefully. You know, hopefully you don't run around for nine seconds, but – you still have time to call timeout and kick the field goal. I, I don't know. Just, I mean, I think the shotgun was used to because you didn't want them to think you yeah, were going to run the ball. You don't. You do the big bone. The but, the, but like you said, they still the knew though. They they still stacked the box after calling two timeouts, which is but like had Tech had another timeout, I think they would have called another timeout, seeing yeah. what Marshall was throwing at them there, and then made another play call. Um, but the the whole the whole play design is catching Marshall off guard with a run in the red zone when they're expecting a pass because of how many seconds are left on the clock. The issue was Marshall was very obviously not fooled from the beginning after that second timeout that they called. And that play shouldn't have happened the way that also you don't even give them another look. Like you said, we didn't change our look at all. And I guess if you call a play you like, then just stick with it, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Let's, let's get off of this. There's, (laughs) I mean, it's just, I was starting to mention that play because you come out and you get the ball first in the second half. So you're like, all right, we just had a 78 yard play or a 78 yard 12 play drive uh, on the two minute drill. And Adrian Hardy got heavily involved. So I'm like, all right, our offense can move the ball. Will we though? Three plays, negative one yards and a punt. Then, and the punt went like 
29 yards and Brock Thompson returned it for 13 yards. So they literally started from our 23 yard line, which is phenomenal. And the first play, Tyler Grubbs pressures the hell out of their quarterback, their redshirt freshman quarterback, and Woods picks it off. So two true freshmen on our side making big plays. And then what does the offense do? Three plays, nine yards, punt. And this time it is a 35 yard punt to the Marshall 49 yard line. So, I mean, that's better. Better, certainly better than the Tech 23. And then Marshall Marshall's goes on to score three touchdowns on their next three drives. So, I mean, the defense, they played okay in the first half. They did. And then they made a play to start the second half, and the offense just gave them nothing. And then it was pretty much over from that point on. And I think time of possession, which I, I brought up in our, our chat before the game, such a huge part of this, not because that's always the end-all be-all, but at the half, Marshall was leading time of possession by seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the game, it's it's closer to 10. But really during most of the third quarter, fourth quarter stuff before we had a couple drives at the end of the game in garbage time to kind of even the clock out a little bit. The defense was just on the field way too long. And yeah. some of that's because they were giving up those third downs on thirds and short and maybe even giving up the first and second down plays for a couple yards here or there to bring them to a third and short. But the offense needs to stay on the field longer and keep the defense from from just getting yeah. that gassed. It was they just looked like they were waiting just to sit back down on the bench to catch their breath again after every snap in the third quarter. Yeah, Marshall's first punt in this game, and now they had two turnovers, but Marshall's first punt, 5-21 left in the fourth quarter. That was their first punt in the game. They're up 35-10. Yeah, and even the <clears throat> the the times where they go for and out, or not for and out, but <laughs> go for on fourth down and don't make it. The first drive of the game took four minutes and 30 seconds off the clock. And of course, Tech had the interception on the next play and the defense has to go right back back out there. Then after that touchdown, Tech punts, Marshall goes back on the field and still chews up some clock. Yeah, it's like five five minutes. I'm looking at the when they scored the touchdown here. Yeah. So like some of that time is the defense is on the is on on the the field field for the first nine minutes of the game without a break at all, basically. After getting a stop too on the first drive, you know they they successfully stopped them on fourth down, and then you know the offense. It, I, I mean, I don't know who to blame on that. I guess the offensive line and Luke Anthony for not having a better like you know awareness of what's going on around him. But he got hit from behind as he threw. So I mean, yeah, I I don't blame him. For yeah, that. he tried to step up in the pocket that time too instead of tucking it. So maybe that's why he just tucked it the rest of the night. I don't know. Oh man! One one other thing to touch on too. We 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 mentioned the rushing yards thing, right? Was it ten yards on the night? Nine yards on the night? Seven yards on the night? Yeah. Uh, in the previous games, the pass blocking had been the issue. This game, it was passing and rushing. We we couldn't get. There were no holes available to the running backs. Granted, we didn't see any missed tackles by Marshall either, or forced yeah. missed tackles by no, our running back. Marshall's backs. a really really good team, and I mean, th- th- go ahead and finish your thought, and then we can talk but, about overall like, impressions. Yeah, when you're getting pressure on the quarterback, like Marshall was for a lot of the night, and unlike BYU, they did blitz a bit. And when you counteract the bits, blitz, you do it with screen passes, short passes, like we did a few of, but not as many. Those on, worked on when we blind. did them. Yeah. Those worked when we did them. I think that goes back to smoke being out because you're designing them for particular players in mind. Yeah. But, hey, Jawan Johnson looked good, though, on that one we ran towards the end of the game. But anyway. CJ Powell impressed me, too, at times, too. Yeah, yeah. But – <laughs> what really needs to happen weapons. yeah it's so frustrating we've got weapons and i don't know what happened to the running backs 
I mean, that's just, what they did. Five people in the box and were stopping run plays after a two yard gain. Yeah. And, and like we've said on previous episodes, I mean, Justin Henderson at times literally just ran into a defensive lineman and fell down after one yard. I'm not saying he's not trying, but it's just like, what? That doesn't look right. Is there nowhere else to go? Like, you, did you notice that? Like, there were maybe three plays I specifically noticed, and he only had 1.5 yards average and a long of four. So clearly not a great night for him. But, like, he would just, instead of finding a hole, he's just running right up to the first defensive lineman he can see and just and just falling forward for a yard or two. And I'm just like, what is that? And, yeah. and Tucker, meanwhile, has four carries for 20 yards. I mean, I don't know, man. Obviously, the running game wasn't working, but four carries, 20 yards versus 11 for 16. I mean, maybe maybe split the load a little bit more if one guy doesn't have it. But obviously, we're playing from behind, too, for a lot of the game. So we gave up. So I, I don't know where the splits are in terms of like a lot of Henderson's 11 carries probably came in the first half. Yeah, but and, and speaking of the running game real quick, jumping over to the Marshall side of the ball. Uh, to kind of end, maybe not end, we'll see how much longer we want to talk about this, but a little bit of a higher note. Brendan Knox is someone we were not afraid of, but we were a little worried about going in. And granted, he did have 125 yards for two touchdowns, but that was on 32 carries. Yeah. He averaged like 3.9 said, on the night. That's not bad. And, and we did. Perspective. I bet in the first half he had a lot less than that, too. I bet it was closer to two and a half yards per carry. We did a pretty good job against him. Until the end of the game, where they're where they're nursing a lead and just running the ball, and we just we couldn't stop them. But yeah, I mean, also Xavier Gaines, the guy you know they hyped up in the broadcast. I put po- I did my post about him in the uh, uh, Three Keys post. Like we held him in check again. He's a tight end. He's a he's a playmaker and three catches for sixteen yards. I'll take that all day. But the defense didn't have a chance, and they didn't give themselves a chance either. Not getting off the field on third down. They. I don't know if we said out loud, but 13 for 16 is Marshall's third town efficiency, which is, ooh, we were one for 10. So, I mean, there's the there's the ball game right there. You cannot win a game where those are the sets, right? I mean, I'd argue it doesn't matter <laughs> what you give up if you're going one for 10 on yeah. third down. Yeah, and, no, and so I, I'm not blaming the defense, to be clear. I'm just saying, like, it's on the offense, yes, for going one for 10 and not getting anything going. But, I mean the defense has got it has got like they ran on third and seven one time and we had him stopped in the backfield and just let him gain 12 yards. We had Knox dead to rights. I think it was, I think it was Barnett had him dead to rights in the backfield for a loss arm tackled him. And he just, you know, he's a good running back. So he's going to get out of an arm tackle. I don't know. Let's move on. Um, obviously let's just blow through this. Did tech go? Did tech die? No, they did not go. And yes, they absolutely died. Um, actually, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess player of the game is the other thing that we do here. I'm kind of, yeah, you want to go player first? of the game. Well, actually, yeah, I'll give it to Adrian Hardy. Yeah. I mean, he's been off and on for his entire career at tech. It looks like he can do great things. And then he kind of hides in the shadows behind all the other weapons we have at receiver, which, you know, should have helped us score more than 17 points. But this game, he came up huge nine catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. Just this, on the this, drives that worked, he was involved. Yeah. It, it feels and the and those drives worked because we got him involved, I think. But it feels like if like Sonny Dykes was the coach of this offense, we would just bubble screen every single play and we wouldn't run the ball at all. And that would be fine. And now Sonny Dykes' teams here ran the ball, especially in 2012 with, with Dixon, right? So I'm not saying running the ball wasn't part of his thing, but like 
running wasn't working and bubble screens were working sometimes and not other times but like i i want to see us set up a bubble screen and have one of those wide receivers who's supposed to block just just run a go route just freaking streak down the field wearing clothes still but you know go to the end zone and just fake the screen pass uh pump fake it and then bomb it over the top because their safeties are just dropping down right because they know that's what we're going to do so anyway, uh, I'm supposed to pick a player of the game um, that's not named Adrian Hardy somehow, I guess. I'll give it to Woods. Oh, yeah. Young dude. Got a second pick. I don't think he got beat for a touchdown, but I could be wrong about that. Um, oh, no, Marshall, there are a lot of them. Marshall had two receiving touchdowns. So I think it was Hannibal and coverage for one of them and maybe Ladler for the other. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but... Woods, he's impressive, man. It's very impressive for a true freshman to come play, especially when that secondary's been awful, to be frank. Like, they have not been very good, and he has been a bright spot. So I say they've been awful. They gave up 227 yards through the year. That's not bad. But a a lot of times they leave guys open and the quarterbacks just miss them on the deep balls. But anyway, I'll give it to Woods. So Woods and Hardy are your players of the game. What else do we do? Anything? I think that's it for this preview section. When we come back, Tech is currently on a one-game losing streak, but the team they'll face is on a three-game losing streak. And we'll talk about the matchup against UTSA next week And when we come right back. Hey, and welcome back to the show. Right now, we have Evan back and also a new guest. It's Taco Joe. Hello, hello. I think that's your legal name, right? Your legal name yeah. is Taco yeah, it's, Joe. It's, it's Tacosa Jose Rodriguez the third. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we we shortened it to Taco Joe because Tacosa Jose is kind of a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All right, before before we get to you, we're gonna put you on a shelf for a second here. And there was a little bit of tech news last week. Uh, you know, outside of like the game that happened that we talked about earlier on this episode. Unfortunately, uh, Fred Dean who is a member of just about every Hall of Fame related to football you could be a member of, passed away uh, last week due to complications of COVID-19, which, I mean, it really sucks, man. He he seemed like a really great guy. He was still involved with the program and lived in Ruston and, you know, went to games a lot. And, you know, it just sucks to have somebody uh, with his stature in, in the tech family taken out too soon by this uh by this disease so everybody please remember wear your masks and all that and go listen to uh teddy teddy allen on his show his podcast did an episode where he talks to some of fred dean's teammates from tech and it is a really really good uh 20 minute listen they just talk about him as a person and as a player and apparently he's the best defensive lineman anyone ever saw so Um, really worth your time to go listen to that. Maybe we can tweet that out or something again. Yeah, I can definitely include that in the show notes and we can tweet it out as well. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. Yeah, it's really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, another opportunity just again because of of COVID-19. Please, please, please wear your mask. I was more impressed with the crowd shots this week. I didn't mention that last night. It's a very Um, low bar, but yeah. You didn't, student section didn't make me like scream expletives into the microphone this week. So I guess that's a win. Or the um, cameraman just got better at showing people wearing masks. But either yeah. way, I'd, please wear a mask, please. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I mean, we normally do an NFL 
recap here, but a lot of our guys are either injured or on by or don't play till tomorrow night. We're recording on Sunday here. So suffice to say, uh, pretty quiet week for the Bulldogs in the NFL so far. We kind of go through it really quickly. Sneed injured is still out. Amik, bye week for Vegas. Driscoll, uh, Drew Locke is back in the lineup, so he's no longer playing. Uh, Trent Taylor's playing right now on Sunday Night Football, so we'll have to get back to you with that later. Uh, Vernon Butler, Monday night, or 4 p.m. Central, so I'm not sure if that's still nighttime or, or late <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. Uh, two players that did play, though, the Ravens, uh, Justin Ellis and Jalen Ferguson, one tackle for Jelly Bean, two tackles for Ferguson, and a tackle for loss for Ferguson as well. Yeah, one of those tackles was actually on Boston Scott, who played against him for the Eagles, and it was at the goal line, so Jay Ferg was able to keep him out. A little tech-on-tech tech action there. Um, I've never been so conflicted in my life. Yeah, I was like, I want Boston to score, but that's a really good stuff stuff by, uh, by Ferguson there. But anyway, another player that hasn't played yet uh, for us is Xavier Woods, the safety for Dallas. And Taco Joe, you happen to be a Dallas fan, right? Yep, my father cursed me. Um, <laughs> he gave me the curse, but when it was when he was doing it, it wasn't a curse. So Xavier Woods, he's secondary for us, and I mean, I've lost all hope for the Cowboys this season. You know what I mean? I I, I talked to my buddy. I was like, I kind of want to trade Amari Cooper for like a bunch of low round picks, just so we can get a bunch of defensive guys in there because our defense is pretty abysmal right now. Um, not to knock your guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will boot you from this call if you talk yeah. too bad about Xavier Woods. I won't, I won't say anything else. I'll just say um, <laughs> he is on the defense, and the defense is the is the problem. Is it necessarily him? Uh, Tank Lawrence is the bigger issue, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Uh, we'll just edit all that out and move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we brought Taco Joe on because this upcoming Saturday, uh, Tech travels to San Antonio to play UTSA, and Taco Joe is a uh, is a UTSA super fan, so we thought we'd bring him on um, because we don't know what we're talking about, and he might. <laughs> so that remains to be seen, I guess. Correct. Yes. So the few things going into this game to know, this will be the ninth straight meeting between the teams. I'm not really sure what straight means in that sentence. Well, but I mean, tech- we've played the, this is the ninth straight year that we've played them. That's what I meant in the notes. Okay. I think you could have figured that out. But Well, I mean, we played Marshall <laughs> last week, so I didn't think we played them nine times in a row. But <laughs> the past nine games. Yeah, oh been against UTSA. <laughs> I mean, I would take that right now because Tech leads the all-time series 7-1 and one with the last loss coming in the forgotten year of 2013 that we don't talk about as tech fans. Yeah. UTSA has a new coach in Jeff trailer, a former Arkansas running backs coach. When he was announced, it seemed to us in the tech world that people weren't all that impressed with the hire. I'm kind of curious, Taco Joe, what did you really think of the trailer so, hire? Maybe in y'all's neck of the woods, it was different because for us, Frank Wilson was a joke and Jeff trailer agree with that. Yeah, I think, I think we all agree with that. The thing, yeah. the thing about Coach Trailer though, is he comes from Gilmer, Texas, which is like Friday Night Lights, like that kind of scene, you know? So Jeff Trailer like understands how how Texans care about football, and he looks at football the way Texans do, and like he, he, he appeals to parents very well because he's a high school football coach like in the best way. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, he knows how to, he knows how to talk to him, how to, yeah, he yeah. knows, and he knows how to get parents like wrapped around his fingers. So recruits are just, have just been flooding it. It feels like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have that, but he didn't have that illustrious of a career in college so far. Um, but like, I think it's a testament to just like the head coaches he was playing, he was, he was working under just weren't that good. 
because he was at Texas when uh, Strong was there. And then the last guy he was with at Arkansas like wasn't that great. But the positions that he was coaching were some of the most efficient positions on those given fields. But again, that's kind of a nitpicky, cherry-picking stat. The thing that the thing about Trevor that gets me is like it, it seems like he's like the polar opposite of Frank Wilson. Like wherever wherever Wilson had deficits in, it feels like Trailer has abundances in. Like Wilson famously never admitted to mistakes in press conferences and always was like, well, at the time that's what we thought was the good idea and blah blah blah. And like after the Texas State game, the first game of the season, he came into the he came into the to the press booth. And he was talking to the reporters and they were, and he was like, yeah, no, I should have done better on that play. And I should have called a better play there. And like, he owned every mistake that the players made as his own, which was just like, like I said, like it's a total departure from what this program was the past four years. Mm. Yeah, I, I think from a tech perspective, the reason why it, it felt, it felt like they were just hiring another Frank Wilson or y'all were just For hiring sure. another Frank Wilson because Wilson was the LSU running backs coach. So it felt yeah. like UTSA went and bent. Went back like and said, let's go hire another SEC running backs coach and put them in charge of our team and see what happens. For sure. Um, but but from a, a Conference USA playing well, which has not been a, <laughs> a thing that's happened this year, yeah. it does feel good to see a team make strides the way that UTSA did, at least to start the year, because y'all started 3-0 with wins sure. over Texas State, F, uh, Stephen F. Austin, and Middle Tennessee. Not that mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee is all that much of a, of a hey, win. Hey, but conference win's a conference win. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, <laughs> that's a conference win, bro. Like, we were, yeah, we were on top of the West for a, for a minute. Right, but here's the thing. You follow that up with a loss to UAB, which as a tech fan, I'm insulted by. Yeah, please. In UAB play football? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, UAB's a damn yes. good football team. Uh, uh, I will not admit that in yeah, my, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. current totally, life. And I totally, totally understand that. Because you guys, you guys are La Tech fans, and you've seen success in the past five years that I have no concept of. It like yeah. UTSA football has just been a laughing stock pretty much my whole time, except for 2017, which was like okay, I guess we were like okay that season. We beat Baylor, which was cool. I do think it's a little like interesting to keep that perspective about things because as Tech fans, our thought is we haven't won a conference title when as UTSA fans, it's we haven't won more than four games the past two seasons. In 2017, you guys beat Marshall nine to seven. Can you tell me anything about that game? I'm just fascinated by that. That was that was at that was at home, right? Uh, yes. Game. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we only kicked field goals in that game. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all the points that were scored in that game by you <laughs> were field goals. What um, an awful game! Oh, you're telling me I'm in the marching band, and that was one of those <laughs> games that was just like I want to pull my hair out. I'm so bored. But on the same token, uh, UTSA special teams have kind of always been our strong suit. We we always have like the best punter oh, no. in the league because oh no, <laughs> yeah, oh god, he gets three, he gets three so for many. three. Jared Sackett three for three with the long of forty. That was uh, yeah. the, the scoring for you guys. Yeah, there. no, like that's that's that was what UTSA football was for so long. And under trailer, we just see like it's not it's not necessarily dynamic offense. It's just like competent offense. You know what I mean? Like the thing, the thing that's happened this season a lot is like our quarterbacks keep getting hurt, so we have to rotate them. But in the past, we would rotate quarterbacks like willy nilly. Now we're rotating quarterbacks because like one of them got hurt, and that's like it's so it's so stupid. But it's like that's such a fun, that's such a, a more like hopeful thing to be to be upset about. You know what I mean? Like I'm upset about injuries. I'm not upset about stupid play calling anymore, which is like yeah. a win. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's fair. It's a step in the right direction. I do want to talk about the Narcisse injury in a little bit. But one thing I think I want to talk about first is the BYU game that followed that UAB game where mm-hmm. 
the Roadrunners lost 27 to 20. Tech also played BYU this season. We'd like to forget about it, but we lost yeah. by a lot more than seven. What happened to that game and how was UTSA able to keep that game close? So basically what I think happened there was uh, BYU definitely went in kind of cocky. They had a 37 point, they were 35 point um, favorites. Oh, wow. They were in, they were in Provo or whatever it is. And like, they were supposed to murder us. So they never really gave us and gave us the attention that we deserved like during the week, I don't think. So we came out, we kind of punched them in the mouth at the beginning of the game. And we just kept it. We just kept it tight. We we had a chip on our shoulder the whole time, and like we were like, we're gonna we at. It was weird because by the end of it, I was kind of mad that we didn't win. You know what I mean? Like it went from, it went from we have no chance here to, man, if we just didn't have a couple penalties, like we should have won this game. Oh man, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, was we know that feeling. <laughs> it's it's like been it a while for us since we've like almost knocked off a team we weren't supposed to, and then lost yeah. at the last second in heartbreaking fashion. Which, man, I understand selling out for that punt at the end like trying to yeah. block it but it's like you but, gotta just not oh but oh man that hurt yeah, I, I actually has... turned that on because i was like oh man this is close like let me i think i watched y'all's touchdown and then uh to make it 27 20 and then yeah. watch from then on but oh man that because if, if we get that punt back we get the ball back with like 45 seconds left and a timeout and it's like oh it would have been great that would have been i mean unless you, know, you never know like, at that point yeah. We would have had the shot. You know, like Lowell would have gotten the ball back and like we, we, we could have beaten number 15 BYU. Right. But yeah, I definitely think we were we went in there knowing that we were better than what we got credit for and that we should have won the week before too, you know? Like yeah, I, we I do have a question BYU. about those two games in particular. UAB and BYU, they both ended on a penalty on a blocked punt that was running into the kicker, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh. So against well, Army, I didn't get to watch that game. Was there a late game... <laughs> end of the end of the game kind of thing where you ran into the kicker or was that just Believe a straight or not, up loss it was it was a late game thing that army committed oh and so army committed a late game kicker foul but it should have been roughing the kicker they called it running into the kicker uh, didn't get uh, the because guess what when you play a military academy they get all the calls they get <laughs> every single call for some reason that's just what happens and it's the most frustrating thing in the world and we're like military city usa so we feel the need to play army all the time and it's super <laughs> annoying and yeah but yeah we so won't yeah. talk about our 2013 matchup against army but we will yeah. talk about our was it 2017 march matchup against navy uh where yes. we beat them in a bowl game but yeah to talk about those three losses a second utsa lost all three games they averaged uh 16.3 points per game again that was uab BYU and Army. What was the difference? Was it the strength of the opponents in those games? Because those are a lot tougher than Texas State, Middle Tennessee, Stephen F. Austin. Was it the strength of the opponent or was UTSA kind of falling apart? What was really the, the difference there? The thing is, though, is that for pretty much the for BYU and UAB, for sure, we were in it. We were never not in those games. I think yeah. what killed us there was we were kind of iffy at the quarterback position and our secondary was just atrocious. Like our secondary just didn't do its job for the for the most part against you against BYU. Like our defense never looked stronger than they did against BYU. But yeah, and then Army, they're just going to, that's by a thousand if, cuts. If like, you held that quarterback to to less than five touchdowns, I'm impressed because that yeah. dude worked attack. Like, just murdered lowest, us. He had his lowest uh, completion rating against us, which was, like, super impressive by, in, our, in, our, in our stance. I think what got away from us there was just lack of discipline and, like, just not being able to finish those games, which I've kind of taken on the idea that, like, this year wins and losses don't matter. It's a culture year. It's the first year with a new head coach. Like, it's about reacting to things and, like, doing things the right way and just showing growth as a, as a team and a program. 
But at the same time, it's like we could have won all three of these games had these boys just been a little bit more disciplined. I mean, like, I don't want to blame COVID, but also, like, yeah, if Trailer's coaching these guys the way he should have been dis- or since, like, March, like he should have been, I think we win all, th- all three of these games. You know what I mean? Like, as, as, as crazy as it is to say, like, I think it's like we were in it all the time. And then Army, it's a different thing. <laughs> Those guys stink. Those guys stink. Blaming Army, like, blaming COVID, not Army. I'm not sure why I started that sentence that way. Blaming COVID that way that that makes sense to me even a way that that tech has a new defensive coordinator this year and tech has a mm-hmm. new off like there's there's so many new pieces tech has a new quarterback coming in and trying to learn the system and everything this year even outside yeah. tech I, i'm watching baseball where it feels like you can excuse entire seasons because of for covid sure. you can ex- excuse the patriots because cam newton was out for a couple weeks because of covid or whatever there, there are certain situations where it's like well this year is just kind of messy and yeah who knows just, yeah, like, what would have happened to- you have to do your best and you have to just like hope for the best. And on and like I am doing that, but on the same token, it's like this is a culture year. What what this year is for is for Jeff Trailer to say to the fans and to the team and to the students and to recruits, like, this is the way I'm gonna go about things. And like that's what's more important to me right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. and tech only had a, a new cor- uh, new head coach back in this is seven years ago. I was about to say pretty recently, but Skip's been here for forever. Yeah. And I mean, we would we'd kill for a three and three start to the season that year. And yeah, year that oh, we yeah. went four and eight. So I I would take wins over a a tough. I guess they're not a tough, but a hated team in Texas State. Well, Texas I guess State, look, Northwestern is, would have been our rival in that. It's that probably 23, the best bad years. team in the, in the in the country. Does that make sense? Like last year, remember how Rice was like terrible but also pretty good oh nathan knows all about rice yeah nathan. i was picking rice to beat us and they <laughs> yeah, almost no, did because like, rice because rice like, was the best bad team in the country last year they went they started off the season like zero and five but they were in every single game yeah including, like, like baylor and texas thank you for backing me up like a year later backing up all the yeah, things no, i was I, saying a year last ago year, last year rice impressed the hell out of me like <laughs> Which is a stupid thing to say because they're rice, but like still. <laughs> uh, one one last thing to talk about before we get to this game itself, and we've kind of been uh, jumping on other teams here, but there's been some discussion on Twitter: Are Tech and UTSA rivals? I think before Tech joined Kusa in 2013, it just not even would have been thought about. But it's yeah. been a few years, and these have been some close matchups against uh, UTSA teams that we've always thought were better than. Uh, again. Different perspectives mean different things. But Taco Joe, to call you by your full name, are these teams rivals? Um, I think these teams are like, it's kind of like the, I look at them like I look at like the Ravens and the Chiefs. Like they're not rivals yet. Does that make sense? They're building up to a rivalry? Like, yeah. If, if UTSA can knock y'all, if we, if, we, if we happen to knock y'all off this year, I think next year this game is going to mean a lot more. If you beat us, then it's like, eh, whatever. Like, because we're about, to, we're like looking more competitive than we have since Coker left. So like, if we can, if we can make this a game, if we can take y'all to the, if we can take y'all to the limit and beat you, then I think, yeah, then I think you calling this this game a rivalry like makes sense. It's like, it's Texas, it's Louisiana, it's like two, you know what I mean? Like y'all are like a really old like historic program. We have no history whatsoever. Like. <laughs> I think that that di- that dynamic is really like Ruston's a small town, San Antonio's like this giant metroplex. Like those those dynamics play well against each other, and I think that's like a fun like th- this could be a good rivalry, but it's not there yet. Yeah, I, I think for me, like it seems like the game always gets a little chippier than like you know when we play Rice or when we play mm-hmm. UTEP. But like I don't really know 
why that is. And I'm looking at the score list here, not to like rub it in your face, but this game hasn't been close since 2015, right? I think yeah, Nathan sure. said 2017 was 20 to six. That game was awful um, <laughs> to, be, to be honest about it. But, you know, the last four games, I mean, other than that 20 to six, it's been a lot uglier than that, right? In, in terms of, you know, whether we're in Ruston or in, uh, or in San Antonio, it didn't really matter. So I don't know. It's just not like, I saw uh, JJ Perez, I think it was on Twitter, say like basically he said, you know, we hate them, but like they don't think about us at all. And I was like, that's kind of true. Like, I, that's, I don't that's a very that's a very real vibe because like I know me and other CUSA like me and other UTSA fans like despise uh, LaTeX football. Like yeah. we avidly, avidly hate those guys because they always like they they'll come into our house. And it's like they'll beat us. They'll beat us for bowl eligibility, or the, it'll be something like that. We all just like murder us. And it's like you, you live. It's it's like uh, it's also like the Cowboys Packers. Has like Cowboys care so much about the Packers, the Packers just don't care. That's exactly what it is for y'all and us. Yeah, and I mean like yeah, the last game I can think of with stakes was when we were, I think we were both five and six at mm-hmm. the end of 2017, right? Yeah, that was the 20 to 6 one. And I, the ball I don't for know, battle like, eligibility. <laughs> yeah. The battle for bowl eligibility, either way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, like to me, if if I'm rivals with the team, like when I see UAB playing anybody other than ULL, shout out UAB, go beat ULL this week, please. But uh anyway. God, I feel so sad yeah, to it say feels really bad. I feel Ugh. really icky inside right now. But um go you know, referees. When I see y'all play in Texas State, I'm like hoping that y'all win, not yeah. that Texas okay. State wins, right? I so that. that to me means you're not my rival. Because if you're my rival, I want you to freaking lose. I don't care who you're playing, right? I don't. I don't necessarily feel that about y'all either. If y'all are playing, um, like let's say you guys are playing like FAU, I'm pretty much rooting for y'all. And if you guys are playing like UNT, I'm absolutely rooting for y'all. For <laughs> yeah, UNT. Well, UAB is our rival. I would say anyway. Uh, maybe yeah, in, in conference at least. Yeah, but like they're playing a team that we actually really, really hate. Like hate yeah. the freaking guts, right? So like that would be the equivalent of like UNT versus Texas State for me, where it's like yeah. I really wouldn't know who to root for there. I just probably wouldn't watch the game. Like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would hate whatever outcome because I hate Texas State because I think they're less than us, and I hate UNT because I know that they're better than us. And it's like, yeah, yeah, because what you were describing about like UCSA being in a metro market and Tech not and. And everything. It, it sounds a lot like the UAB tech rivalry that kind of organically started mm-hmm. with UAB canceling their football program for no reason and then bringing yeah. it back. This rivalry started because we're all in the same conference and play each other so often. Mm-hmm. And and coming from a different conference, granted, I was when I started at Tech, it was the la- the last year in the whack. So I I don't know the the Hawaii trips or the playing uh the Bulldogs of Fresno State every other year or every year or whatever that 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 rivalry game, but I'm really happy for even if we all suck that we're all playing a conference where we play each other enough that yeah. I know the team that we're playing, yeah. especially in the West where we play each other every year. Yeah, I definitely I have a love hate relationship with like the CUSA as a whole. I like hating the teams that are in the conference. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I like I like. I like getting into it with UNT fans and I like talking smack to, to like the no fans at, at Rice. And I like when WKU <laughs> and, and um, Marshall get into their stuff. And like, I, I enjoy all that, but I hate the way this conference is run. Like I hate the formatting and I hate the structuring and I hate the planning and everything. it's just, it bugs me. Who's your Charlotte? It, Cause we've never played Charlotte in football, even though we've been in the same conference. So who, who is UTSA Charlotte? Who are you like, wait, that team's in CUSA. 
<laughs> like, who um, do you forget about? I honestly forget about WKU if it's not basketball season. But if it is basketball season, because we're competitive in basketball, so, like, they, they matter to me. But, like, in football, I kind of forget about WKU. That's funny because we played, like, when in the, I guess, mid-2010s, right? Like, 2014 to 2016, we played Western Kentucky every single year because they were really good and we were really good. And CUSA was like, hey, they should play each other. Yeah. So we played them. I think we played them four years in a row. As We our played them twice in one year because we beat them early in the year and then we placed them for the conference championship and then lost to them. So, yeah, I you saying Western Kentucky is a very like, oh, man, I'm just glad we're not playing them this year. Even if they suck, I have no idea how they're doing this year. I haven't really checked. Yeah. But – I'm they're just. I'm glad to not pl- be playing them this year. Then again, we did play Marshall. I'm. I'm probably going to prefer WKU this year. But. Oh yeah, yeah. Mar- Marshall's like a warhorse. There. I, oh, yeah. I. I think. <laughs> as yeah, much yeah. as I, as much as I like to say that UTSA is going to a conference championship this year, I think it's Marshall. Like it's it's all Marshall, right? Like it's it's who gets to play Marshall? Yeah. And maybe Tech can uh, avenge themselves, and to do it, they'll need to win some more conference games, and I, hopefully for two thirds of this call, they'll be able to beat UTSA. Uh, FPI gives Tech a 53% chance to win. Massey gives Tech a 51% chance to win with a one-point victory predicted, 28-27. to 27. Vegas also has a very close game here. Tech favored by 1.5. Yeah, right. Yeah, all of that sounds like a rivalry game. That, yeah, we're not going to go to full exactly. predictions yet. Does that one-point one point loss, one-point win, does that sound about right for what we're thinking this game to go? It sounds right to me because we look better. We, we look better than advertised, and y'all look pretty much exactly what I think you are. What oh, do you man. think we are? I think y'all are a very okay CUSA team. Oh, that hurts, man. but it's okay. That, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like I feel like you're right, but I'm also like, man, I don't think this team is like I don't think they look like what I think they are. Right? I, I think they're much better than they played, but they haven't shown that. So yeah, that, that's the issue as a tech fan right now is that they, it feels like they are better than they are showing, is that if they figure out two things, yeah, and one of them is offensive line play, which, again, we have some great offensive linemen. I'm not just saying that because they follow us on Twitter. We have some great interior <laughs> offensive linemen. If we figure out the tackle position, we're, we're gold. I think we, even, we may even beat Marshall if we have two solid tackles yeah. in the starting lineup, but we don't. I'd love to run it back with them in December. Either we don't have that or we don't have that yet. And so are we, are we just what we look like? You can't say anything else because we've played enough games now that I feel like we have enough sample size to show we're a mediocre CUSA team. Yeah, I mean, it's also, like like you said earlier, there's the COVID excuses and everything. But this year may just have to be, you know what? Whatever you look like week to week is just what you are, you know? What's a bad season for you guys? A bad season is six and six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you guys have what I call champagne problems. Uh, it's like when, <laughs> but we don't get the champagne. We get no, no, no. we get Here so we close to the champagne. We, my friend Austin, diehard UTSA football fan, as hardcore as I am, before the season he'd seen seven wins. In his two years at UTSA, he saw seven wins. Yeah, and I guess that that's a like a privilege kind of thing. Okay. Like yeah. we're a privileged have, team. Like, like, check yourself before you talk. Yeah, to I will I, check your privilege at the door here. You don't know losing football games, bro. I know losing football <laughs> games. But, but the the issue is, is that we had such great teams. We're on a, a six game bowling st- or bowl win streak right now, Longest where day. we don't have a conference title. Had we had a conference title at that time, I'm sure we'll complain about something else. Oh yeah, because 
because you, you always complain about what you don't have. For sure. You complain about not having a New Year's Six birth or whatever. But I feel like it'd be so much easier to accept a mediocre season where we lost our coordinators and we lost yeah. our starting quarterback to the NFL and we lost all this other stuff if we had won a conference title. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I understand that. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, man, when, when, when fan bases who were like, Oh no, we went to a bowl game. Oh, that's all. Let's 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 get into this game here uh, before we just spiral. <laughs> Maybe we've already done that, but uh, yeah, we're pro- pretty pretty far past that point. <laughs> I'm telling you, boys, I can complain like no one else. <laughs> so speaking of games, we've got one coming up here. Um, <laughs> really? Transition for you. Um, Normally, Joe, what we do is we kind of go through some of the some of the numbers and nerd stuff and players we think are good. But since we've got you here, I mean, we'll kind of let you tell us about the offense and the defense. But starting out with the offense, I'm really curious about this quarterback position because, I mean, I saw I saw a tweet from y'all's like final fall camp depth chart. And it had, you know, sometimes if they don't name a starter, it says like, you know, quarterback A or quarterback B. Mm-hmm. Y'all's depth chart said quarterback A or B or C or D. You had four guys listed as a <laughs> starter. So yep. what the hell's going on there? What what do you think about the quarterback position? And then obviously uh, Narcisse just got injured. But just run us through the first six games, like your thoughts of, of the quarterback position. So, so UTSA loves to have, like, it's every year we have quarterback controversy. It's just what happens. We also don't have health quarterbacks. So we came into the season with Frank Harris, who's like a local kid, bit like big name from uh from Judson and like did or did that whole thing, right? Or Clemson, sorry. Or Clemens. That's what I was like, not Clemson, Clemens. He's like the local guy, has a big story, really athletic, um, runs the ball a lot, throws it, can throw, can throw the short pass well, but he's a gamer and he tries to win games and he's tough and that whole thing, right? And then yeah. there's Lowell, who's like the four-star recruit who went to LSU for a year who uh, Coach O said was the most talented quarterback they had on the team at one point. And injuries and just a lot of tough luck for Lowell happened upon him. So he had Narcisse, right? Lowell Narcisse, yeah. Yeah. And then there's and then there's like the, then there's Jojo Weeks and then there's uh Josh Adkins. Jojo Weeks is just this like gunslinger who has like a rocket ship for an arm. And then there's Josh Adkins, who's won five games in the division one level, another local kid. Um, a gamer who could throw the ball really well, who's kind of a double, who's kind of a double threat. He has a lot to it. Me going into the season, I was kind of really high on Adkins, but Coach Trailer said we're going with with uh, Frank Harris. So I was like, all right, fine. Coach Coach Trailer knows infinitely more about football than I do. I'm going to trust him. So Frank Harris <laughs> goes in, he wins the first three games, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then he gets kind of dinged up at one point. Lowell comes in. Lowell plays these games, and these past three games, like except for again, except for Army. Let's take Army out of the equation. Against BYU and against UAB, when Lowell played, we seemed our most competitive. However, when Frank was playing, we didn't seem that competitive. But when Frank was playing, we won all three games. It's just like, it's really messy and kind of sloppy. And it's like the injury makes it 100% Frank Harris is our quarterback from here on out. But it's just very messy and sloppy because like we're trying to kind of find our identity still because we don't really know what it is. But it is helpful that Frank and Lowell kind of have a similar, like Lowell is just a bigger, stronger Frank. So it's like, that's nice. You are missing one uh, other player who has a passing attempt on the season. Do you remember who it is? It's Cephas, right? It's uh, Sheldon Jones, the wide receiver. Oh, that's right. Six. Okay. He has a negative 200 quarterback rating. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a pick, right? It was, yeah, one attempt for an interception. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a pick, right? Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Uh, but yeah. On the other side of it, though, is like our running game is strong when we get it going early. We need to. It's like it's like a train. We have to start chugging early. Is yeah. any one man per? I'm looking at the stats, and the stats say Sincere McCormick, the majority, like heavy majority, ex- especially mm-hmm. excluding the quarterbacks, because some of that sacks yeah. of of the yardage gained and of the attempts. And uh, Sincere has 118 attempts. The next highest running back is Brendan Brady with 10. Is it yeah. really a one man show in the backfield? So it feels like it is, but Brendan Brady does a lot when it comes to blocking. He's a, he's gotcha. a, he's really he's really like integral in the in the system when he's like when it comes to blocking and stuff like that. So like I will Brendan Brady because when because how many yards does Brendan Brady have in the season? It's it's a lot. I'm pretty sure. 50. Brendan Brady has 51 yards. Yeah, off of 10 attempts, like that's pretty good. Yeah, when he gets, he's he's the Brendan Brady's the I need one yard quarter uh, running back. Does that make sense? He's the one that's gonna downhill be- runner kind of guy. Yeah. He's the one who's going to get you that first down pretty much all the time. Narcisse is the guy when you need a breakaway or you're just trying to run the clock out. Like that's who you play. He's he's the workhorse, but um, uh, yeah, Brennan Brady's the the one yard guy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's worth mentioning here for our for Tech fans that sincere McCormick. I mean, he's is he a true sophomore? Or is he a redshirt sophomore? The true sophomore. That's that's incredible, man. He leads yeah. the nation right now. Not even it's not even close right now. And now yeah. y'all played six games. So to be fair. Most teams haven't played six games, but 702 yards on 118 carries. And the next closest running back has like, I think 590 yards. And that's a Virginia tech running back. So like, I mean, he's like outpacing everyone by Mm -hmm. quite a bit here. So I saw, I saw you guys trying to start up a Heisman campaign for him on Twitter. And I I'm in support of that. Hopefully tech can uh, throw some cold water on that Heisman campaign this, this week, but hopefully not. uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, it's like the thing is, is like we like UTSA, like we as UTSA fans love to just like talk out of our ass and like we'll win one game and we do the whole we want Bama thing. It's like yeah. at this point in time and like earlier in the season when we were three and zero and like we were doing like the rank UTSA thing at three and like that's a reasonable argument. And like we're our running back leads the nation in yards. He should be considered for Heisman. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just logical. Dude, 702 yards in six games is a lot of freaking yards. Like yeah, if he, exactly. If he keeps up for that pace. Yeah. That's yeah, that's terrifying that he's only a sophomore. Um, and you get an extra year of eligibility this year. But yeah, Even I mean, if you do it per game, he's still eleventh in the country at 117 yeah. yards per game. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. really, really, really good. And yeah, you know, after what Tech just went through against uh, Brendan Knox last night, he's I mean, thirteenth in the country at yards per game. Yeah, uh, just. Hey Tech, look out for this guy. He's going to be the fo- the focus, and also with with Harris as the main quarterback. I mean, he's actually got more rushing touchdowns than McCormick does. He's got for five sure. to McCormick's four. We, like, so. we like to ride McCormick down the field and then just bunk, bang it in with Frank. That's kind of a, a game plan that we go by. Yeah. So I, I mean, just Tech coaches, you heard it here first. We know we know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was the uh, how UTSA does their offense well to, to get a couple. Uh, weaknesses out of how how Tech may be able to exploit the UTSA offense. What what does it look like? The best way to beat UTSA is crowd the box, crowd the box, crowd the box, crowd the box. Put pressure on the quarterback and just get in the backfield as much as possible. Because Frank Frank he likes to scramble, but he also gets kind of nervous in the backfield, and he likes but like he he likes to get like agitated and he moves around a lot. And it's exciting to watch, but at the same time, it's like oh my god, get the ball out of your hands. So the best thing if if La Tech wants to do well here, get in the backfield. If you just say wants to do well, keep him out of the backfield. That's the best thing. Feels like we're scrimmaging against ourselves. Yeah. Uh, on, the, 
On the defensive side, 32 points per game. That's 48th in the country out of 77. 456 yards per game. That's 59th out of 77. The UTSA defense doesn't look like the strong side of the ball for the Roadrunners. Does that, sure. does that make sense with what we're seeing numbers-wise? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, our, my, like I've, I've said this pretty much every week. I've talked to anyone. It's like the way that UTSA wins X game is own time of possession. We need to we need to have the ball longer than the other team by like 30 minutes if we want to win this game. Like we need to own the time of possession. Well, um, good news based off of last football <laughs> game. Uh, of you guys or what? A lot of uh, uh, yeah yeah we were we were one for ten on third down so uh, not not great for us but um, yeah I mean I want to talk about some of the playmakers you guys have on the defensive side of the ball though I mean mm-hmm. uh, you got Jamal. Ligon is that his name? Uh, uh, linebacker leads the team with 42 tackles. He's got two and a half sacks and has forced to fumble. And then uh, there's uh, Rashad Wisdom in the secondary. Yeah. Um, who you mentioned we were talking before we went on air about him being a really good uh, member of the secondary. So he's got 40 tackles, two picks, and uh, scored a touchdown for you too. Um, and then, uh, but but what what else do we need to know? I mean, what are the strong units? What are the weak units? Like, where can Tech's offense have success? Do you think? So I think your your best bet against us is passing. Like our 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 pass blocking is not great. Wiz, uh, Rashad's probably the best the best secondary player we have. Other than that, it's a lot of young guys who are still kind of figuring themselves out. Rashad's the best player on that side of the ball for sure. Um, our defensive line is, is pretty stout, like you said, Ligon. Uh, Ligon has Ligon has a lot of tackles. And the thing about Rashad, going back to him, he's a spark plug. He's uh he's energetic. He's on fire. He's like this. He just exudes energy and like that kind of thing, which is great. But it's also gotten gotten him in trouble lately. Like he for the for uh, UAB and BYU, he got ejected for for a targeting penalty. Oh wow! So yeah, he's he's. He kind of has the pedal to the metal the entire time, which I appreciate. But like that is a thing about him is that he he's he's a he's an energetic dude. But uh, yeah, I think the best our our weakest part is 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 pass pass defense. Interesting. First. How's how's the pass rush? Because uh, Tech's offensive line can't block anybody. So well, our pass rush is pretty good. Like I said, like our defensive line is pretty stout. Our linebackers like get the job done when they need to. It's um it's running game that we're really good at defending, I think, in my opinion. Or it's it's not running the way like army runs. It's running like the way regular <laughs> the normal run. way. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the the correct way. Because <laughs> army so, doesn't play football. They play army football, and it's boring to watch. Like I hate it. Yeah. So you said run run defense is a strength or a weakness? I um like honestly, I'd kind of put it as like a a neutral. Does that make sense? Like, okay. <laughs> we're not particularly good. We're not particularly bad. Like we can okay. do it, but once they break past the linebackers, they're home free, basically. So I mean, it sounds like if a team really, really wants to establish the run, they might be able to. Whereas, like when we played Marshall, I mean, we could not establish the run to save our lives. We had seven yards in the game on the ground. Um, you can get yards and you can score points with the UGSA defense, but like. It ha- you have to be on top of early downs. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You need to be on top of early downs. You need to get you need to get seven, eight yards. And, and we talked about that in the first half of the show that we may have already forgotten. And I know I archived the note, but Tech's third downs in the Marshall game, they did not put themselves in positions to make third and short. Yeah. Was a, like Tech's third downs, again, to reiterate, a 12, 16, 22, 10, 5, 8, and then also two ones and a two. Tech... 
did not put themselves in a third down situation to pick up first downs. Hopefully against UTSA again on our side of the we we outnumber you Taco Joe. So um, hopefully Tech puts themselves in a position where they don't have third and, and sixteen every single time they reach a third down. Um, yeah. And hopefully the, the rushing game helps with that for sure. But yeah, to uh, kind of go through our our final little things here, uh, one of the things we do at uh, towards the end of the show is we talk about how Tech can win or lose, and I guess that's for Taco Joe. That's how can UTSA win or lose? Yeah. But. Uh, Evan, let's start with you. How can Tech win this game, or how could they blow it? All right. Now go back and play my clip from the last two weeks, which was our offensive line has to do something, anything, please, dear God, as far as blocking people is concerned, or we're not going to win any game except ULM, and that is still a guarantee. We we have to block better up front, or nothing's going to work. So uh, if we don't do that, we're going to lose. There you go. But the key outside of that is... Sincere McCormick. I mean, he's he's the number one running back in the nation right now, and UTSA is going to give him the ball, especially if they watch our tape, which I'm sure they will, against Brendan Knox. So last week, I mean, Marshall ran the ball on 66% of the plays against us, and even though we kind of bottled him up in the first half, they were able to run on us in the second half because we were so damn tired and we couldn't get off the field on third down. So... I think UTSA has got a pretty good playbook to follow as far as, you know, sticking it out with the run game and just waiting for us to break down. So for Tech to win, we're going to have to be successful on third downs on both sides of the ball. Like, we can't be 1 for 10 and have the opponent be 13 for 16. That's not going to work. We're going to lose every single game where that happens. And I I think we will be better. I think those stats are pretty much, like, those are about as far as you can go in either direction. But... For Tech to win, we're going to have to be good on third down. We're going to have to key in on Sincere McCormick and, you know, get the offense going from the offensive line, basically. Those are the three keys uh, that post I will write for Friday. But, you know, uh, that that's my take for now is that those three things need to be good if we want a chance. Yeah, for my answer, it, it comes down to the play-by-play, the the going 1-0 and on every single play. Because UTSA so far this year, their success rate, again, using the SP plus metric, is a pretty bad 35%. Actually, that's rounding up a bit. It's 34.7% on, on the season. So that that's every single play. They're only successful, air quotes, on 35% of their plays. Tech needs to keep that <laughs> where it is. Because UTSA right now is, is 50% on the year, right? Three and three. Um, yeah. their, their defense right now is allowing a success rate of 43%. That's again, rounding up, but I'll take it this time of, of 43%. So the, the defense is allowing play by play, minuscule by minuscule, allowing the team they're playing to make plays, to gain enough yards, to put themselves in position, to make those third and shorts. And in a game where tech struggle to even get to a third and short, that's really important. Tech needs to be able to put themselves in situations where they don't have to throw the ball down the field to convert a third down. Some of that comes down to Luke Anthony not running backwards the entire game to try to to break off a huge run or try to break Throw off the ball a, a long pass. Luke, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one more one more thing that may help right now, if you want to buy socially distanced tickets, you can get them for $25 at <laughs> San Antonio if you want to drive over to Texas. And um, I think a neutral crowd or a, maybe a tech-heavy crowd, if you're able to buy enough tickets, may help. Please so. don't come to Please do not. I, I will say the opposite. And as long <laughs> as you're being safe, 
And that's that's a key part of this whole thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should come. I don't know. Either way, uh, I, I, Tech loses this game pretty easily if they just look like they did against UTEP, against Marshall the past couple weeks, against BYU. Yeah. Tech needs to figure something out because right now they are struggling. Okay, so I think that UTSA wins this game if we establish the run early. And like I said, just hold the time of possession. If we can hold the ball more than y'all do, I think that's a good thing for, for the whole run game thing. I think if two-thirds of our plays are running plays and one-third is passing plays, but not just passing plays. Like, they have to be successful, long shots down the field. That's our best way to win this game. It, it's such a, it's such a Booger McFarlane take, but, like, score more points than the Black does. Like, the, the team who scores more points will win. And, like, that's that's my prediction. <laughs> but, uh, Let's get you on some Monday Night Football color commentary yeah. now. Hey, I, I probably do pretty decent. The way the way UTSA loses this game is if LaTeX manages to establish like a good passing game. If y'all start passing the ball and you start picking off our picking off our, our secondary, I think that's that's a very easy way for UTSA to get in the hole quickly. Um and our run game just isn't fast enough to make that up over time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my those are my those are my things. Yeah, and it's no, we- it's worth saying that last year's game uh, which the final was 41-27, but Tech really did establish a, a good, you know, air attack. 331 mm-hmm. yards from Jamar, 25 for 35. But we, but it was complemented by a running game that gained more than seven yards, like we did against yeah. uh, Marshall, obviously. So for sure, yeah. So I mean, it certainly. Um, I, I just want, like I said last night, I just want to see an offense that looks competent again. Like that's that's my main thing, but. Um, the next thing we, we normally do, Joe, is pick a player to watch. And since it's your team, who do you have? It could be somebody we've already talked about or somebody else that you think might go off or is like ready to go off or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna ride my I'm gonna ride my dogs and see McCormick. Um I think uh, like you guys are saying man. You said ride your dogs and we're the dogs. Oh, I'm gonna ride <laughs> my dog. I'm gonna ride my dude. I mean I'll, I'll redo that. I'm gonna ride my dude and say that um like Sincere McCormick, you guys said that your running your running defense isn't that good. And our running attack is pretty much our best part of the team. Um, I think he goes off for like 120 yards easy, and yeah, he's gonna be. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride his legs all the way to victory. I think. I think he's a, he's the person to watch. Yeah, I, I think the run game it broke down against Brandon Knox. Right, like I said, I don't I don't have the splits from the first half, second half, but like he wasn't gashing us for like 12 yard runs until the second half when mm-hmm. the defense had been on the field for 25 more plays than the offense yeah. was. So and he ran the uh, ball 32 times. Like he averaged yeah. under four yards a carry. It's just right. he got he got so many carries yeah. and he ended up with a lot of yards. Like oh yeah, we we're famous for running for like since Sam McCormick had 55 uh rushing attempts the first game. Yeah, oh my and, god. Yeah, no, we'll just we just work him into dust. Like uh my yeah. player to pick for this game is uh Corey Mayfield Jr. I guess. I guess his dad is also named Corey Mayfield, the UTSA cornerback. He mostly because I what I'm worried about in this game is Luke Anthony turning the ball over, uh, especially under pressure, because like Taco Joe has said so far tonight, the part of the UTSA defense that works the best, maybe other than the run defense is the pass rush. And when Anthony has been under pressure, he's made some interesting decisions. Sometimes he'll take the ball and just tuck it and try to run. Sometimes he'll throw up a floater that just doesn't make any sense. And Mayfield is tied for, I guess, with Rashad Wisdom with three interceptions, but he's also had three pass defended, uh, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery and a sack, interestingly enough. 
So I'm going with a player on the Roadrunner defense in Corey Mayfield. Yeah, and I'll I'll back you up there. Um, you mentioned the pass rush. I'm looking out for Jalen Haynes. Uh, we've seen Tech struggle to just block a three-man rush or a four-man rush, just the defensive line. And this kid's got three sacks already on the year. He leads the team um, in sacks. And, yeah, I mean, that's we, – we have to be able to block guys like him, and that's going to be the key to this game. I mean – there, there's a lot of other factors like we just discussed, but I mean, it's not even it's not even a discussion for me if we can't block guys like Jalen Haynes. Yeah. So last segment of this preview section is our final predictions. Uh, Taco Joe, we'll allow you to uh, sit there for a second and listen to what we have to say so you can totally refute us. Evan, how do you see this game going? Yeah, um, it's so hard to to like make a final prediction when I'm sitting here saying like, well, the offense has to do something they haven't done since like September 26th. Right. Like <laughs> we've seen three games where they haven't done any of that. So uh, it, it's just like, I have a prediction if we can't get the offense going, which is that we'll lose by a lot. But if we can, which I hope we can, you know, I, I think that we've got, I think that we're probably the better team if we're both teams are playing at their full 2020 potential. And, and so I say that because so UTSA, you know, in their six games so far, they're not great at converting their own third downs. They're converting at 35%. And we just came out of a game where the opponent converted like 80%. Um, so 35% ranks at uh, 58th of the 77 teams playing football right now. And if tech, can get the offense going, which we should be because UTSA is allowing six yards per play, which is also number 59 of 77. So I think that if we can get the offense going, like I said, we'll win maybe even comfortably would be the word I'd use. But um, I haven't seen a good offensive performance in a while. So I think it's going to be close. And I think that Sincere McCormick is very good and he'll be very good in this game, but not good enough to win it on his own. So I think Tech's going to win an ugly, close, defensive game, 23-17. to 17. That's, my proje- that's my projection. All right. So my prediction, UTSA hasn't really faced – I want to say UTSA hasn't faced a passing team, but they faced BYU and handled them pretty easily. And BYU is not a pass-heavy team, but they do have a great quarterback. But I'll take what Taco Joe said with complete sincerity and that they weren't – they overlooked – the Roadrunners. I want to be optimistic about this game, especially I, especially because I picked Tech to beat Marshall, and I think I was maybe the only person in the world who did that outside of Derrick Henry on the and, pregame show and the NCAA fourteen simulation. And yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. I need to run that simulation to see how this game will actually go. I guess, but again, I I feel like the offensive line has to figure it out at some point. If if we're able to block a little bit, we're good. Yeah, Luke Anthony looked good when the offensive line gave him some time to, like, not die, right? I mean... Yeah, and I am worried about the offensive line more so than I was against Marshall because I really thought it was a one-game thing. But I really hope we're able to figure it out because if we can figure it out, I think we win this game. I, I don't think we need to rely on the run, and that's UTSA's specialty is stopping the run because I think that our passing game will be good enough that it will open up the run game a little bit to where... Justin Henderson can do the thing that we know Justin Henderson can do. And that's run seven yards a carry like he did last year or whatever it was. If smoke Harris is back, then even better because then we don't have to worry about blitzes. 
And I think that was a huge part of the Marshall loss was the fact that he was on the sideline in street clothes because of an injury. On defense, I'm I'm worried about UTSA moving the ball, but not especially so. I don't think our defense will give up enough points to where Tech will be out of it. I think Tech wins this game. I think it'll be close. I think that one-point prediction by a lot of the different computer polls is just about right. I will say Tech wins another one-point game, 24-23. to 23. What do you Ooh. think, Taco Joe? So I think... Um, I agree that it'll be close. I agree that it'll probably go down to the wire. I think it'll be one of those whoever has the ball last wins situations. Yeah, I think Sincere is going to run for a lot. I think this is going to be the first time UTSA plays a team that's equal in skill level. Or probably the second time, because I'll, I'll say Texas State was pretty equal with us at that time. But like La Tech, you guys pull from the same group of guys that we do. You do, you know what I mean? Like we're we're kind of in the same world as y'all. So I think this will be the first game of the season that's like this is a team that looks like UTSA. Maybe not like in play style, but in terms of like skill and general like ability. So I think it'll be a close one. And of course, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be the homers. Like, I think UTSA is gonna pull it out. We are home. We are coming off of a three-game losing streak. Like, I think this is going to be a statement game for UTSA saying, like, we can win. Like, we, we've won tough before. We can stay in games. We can keep our head in it. And, like, we can do this. Uh, I think the final score will be something like – I think I think it'll go down to special teams. I, I don't think anyone has been oh, – no. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I think I – think, I think it'll go down to special teams. We'll probably we'll probably take it away by like a three-point win. You know, I'll say 24-21 UTSA. Yeah, that was so weird how – we just lost Taco Joe there at the end, and we didn't hear his final prediction. <laughs> and that he just—I'm not sure what happened there. It must have been some uh, technical difficulties. I thought he said Tech would win. That, yeah, that's I think, not I think like where that was going. I think we can all speak for Taco Joe and say that Tech will win this game. Yeah, because because everyone everyone who's ever talked to me before knows I don't really have that much blind faith in UTSA football, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One final thing to do here is the tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week goes. Two at Steph Ben Mick, maybe I'm not sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> his that name sounds ben right to me. Beck Ben Ironside is his uh, name on Twitter. Says, "Imagine you're a wide receiver at West Point and never get a single catch in four years, and all of a sudden you have to go to the army." LOL. This week's tweet <laughs> of the week was picked by the guy who's cut Mike. We just cut in Taco Joe. <laughs> you guys are funny. <laughs> We try to be a little too hard sometimes, but we try to be. It's all in the effort, right? Yeah. Uh, so before we go through our final credits here, Taco Joe, how can we follow you on Twitter or elsewhere? You can follow me on Twitter by going to at Taco Joe underscore. At Taco Joe underscore is where I tweet most of my tweets. If you want to see um, me and my friends do really stupid and hilarious stuff at baseball and basketball games, you can follow us at at bad underscore birds underscore. That's where we talk our most smack with most people. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Twitter's the most, Twitter's hey, the one one other thing. This is not a segment we normally do, but your name's Taco Joe. I know San Antonio is a good food city. What's the move if you go to San Antonio? Where do you oh, where do you go for tacos? Like, well, give me give me like a top three. I know there's a lot. All I'm right. Sure. So you gotta go to Henry's Puppy Tacos because puppy tacos are like a local dish that no one in the world eats but us. They're basically like puffy corn tortillas with like with like meat, cheese, lettuce, tomato. Henry's Puppy Tacos is like the touristy place to go. But Ray's is like a local place to go. Like if you go to Ray's, like you know what you're talking about. Um, the another good one is Garcia's Mexican food. It's on Fredericksburg. No, yeah, it's on Fredericksburg Road. Very, very good. And then the other one is the original donut shop. 
They have a donut. They have like a bakery and a taco place all in one. And those are the three best restaurants to go to if you're eating breakfast tacos in the San Antonio area. I don't know when, but I will get some of these. I'm looking yeah, at if you guys, if you guys ever come down to uh, San Antonio, give me a call. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of the best Mexican food you've ever had in your life. Nice. All right. So yeah, the tech fans who are buying those $25 tickets <laughs> to go to that UTSA tech game, hit those places up ahead of time. Yeah, but that about wraps it up, I guess, for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where we have recaps and previews of every game that we play. That's at gtpdd.dog, D-O-G. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> what part of that is cool? The dot dog. Oh yeah, it costs us forty bucks a year. Dot com costs totally us twelve bucks totally a year. Worth, that is totally worth it. It's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, especially since some random thing in Starkville took gtpdd.com for some reason. I'm still mad about that. It's the Golden Triangle Golden Planning Triangle Commission, Planning and Development District, or something like that. Hold on, <laughs> Hold on. it's not loading though. Maybe they, maybe they. Let's uh, quickly go. Uh, uh, let's find this domain. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Taco Joe. <laughs> and speaking for Taco Joe here, go tech. Please don't die. Please die. <laughs> <laughs>